Hello and welcome to Conversations with Criminals. I'm Matt Price and today I have a very short episode. Today I'm introducing Martha to you. She tells a story at a live storytelling event. This is a recording of it. I have to say it's not amazing quality because we weren't really there to record it, but it gives you an idea as to who she is. And Martha is, of course, the reason that I started this podcast. So it's a great story. It's very funny. It's quite dark. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. I I love listening to this. It makes me smile every time. This is Martha. You never forget the first time somebody tells you they're about to kill you. (laughs) It impacts your day. For me, that was February 1999, and I was a teacher in a college in Cumbernauld, which is a little place outside Glasgow, or to be more accurate, a shitty little place outside Glasgow. (laughs) And I, at the time, taught a subject called life skills. I don't know what a life skill is now, let alone then, but I was a teacher of life skills. All of my students were young people, but all of them had a learning difficulty and some had physical disabilities as well. So quite vulnerable. So it's 4pm on a cold, miserable February in uh, Cumbernauld and I'm clearing away the felt pens because teaching life skills involves an inordinate amount of felt pens. (laughs) So I'm clearing them away and one of my students, Robert, comes up and says, can I talk to you, Martha? And I says, of course. Robert is this tiny little guy maybe five foot one, thin, fragile looking, tiny little moustache. <laughs> he says, Martha, I hate to tell you this. He says, I'm going to have to kill you. <laughs> I say, what, 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 um, what, what, what? <laughs> I'm really sorry, he says. I'm going to have to kill you, and I haven't got a lot of time. (laughs) And I say, "Um, you're going to have to walk me through that, Robert, because I'm I'm a bit puzzled. (laughs) He said, yeah. He said, come with me, and we'll walk over to the window. He says, do you see the rugby pitch? I said, I do. He said, do you see the guy out there wearing the ski mask? I said, I do not. (laughs) I said, well, that's a shame because that's the guy who I've been seeing for the last two weeks who said, I have to kill you. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck. (laughs) And I said, Robert, Robert, tell tell me more about that and I was secretly thinking please don't tell me any more about this now this is 4pm after no one else is in the building everybody's gone except one or two sporadic people nowhere near me I'm like what, what, you, Robert, what can you mean the thing is he says 
that guy, Ski Mask, has told me if I don't kill you, he'll kill me. I said, okay. And he said, I've been trying all week. <laughs> I, I said, okay. And he says, I have to kill you by tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm looking at him. Now, I'm a teacher. And I understand the pressure of a deadline. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. I have worked in mental health and I've heard this kind of thing, but never directed at me, you know. And I say, I tell you what, Robert. I say, I tell you what, why don't you go home and, and then my training kicked in. When you work in counselling or supporting people, you're always taught when somebody tells you something very personal, a disclosure, especially if they're a young person, you say, I'm glad you told me. <laughs> so I say, Robert, I'm glad you told me. <laughs> I said, now I think it might be an idea, because, I mean, look at the time now. <laughs> I said, why don't you go home, relax. I said, and tomorrow we'll see if we can find some way around this situation, you know. And he said, I knew you'd understand. <laughs> and he goes away. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Cumbernauld, or as it is known in the outskirts of Glasgow, Scumbernauld. <laughs> It's a tiny little place and it's full of like little underpasses and tunnels. So it's quite a creepy little place, you know. It's like Sleepy Hollow but without the fucking charm, you know. Only <laughs> <laughs> die, you know. The only thing I can think to do, there's nothing else there. I phone my sister who works in mental health and in fact she works at this time in a facility for men with schizophrenia. Her name's Margaret. I've always called her Mags. It's been quite the time saver over the years. Call <laughs> <laughs> her Mags, I said, Mags. You will never guess what's just happened. One of my students has come up. Mags, he says, he's seen a kind of ski mask. He's got to kill me. And my sister says, calmly, that's great. <laughs> what, Max? What now? Isn't that great, she said. I said, what? Why is it great again, Max? Did you hear the word kill? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great that he trusts you enough to tell you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it was kind of special. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Max, I don't know what you do. What am I going to do? And she said... I'm glad he told you. I said, yeah, I said that. <laughs> she said, that's good. Did you sound non-judgmental? <laughs> I said, I think so. She said, good. Is he still there? I said, no. She said, ah, you need to go and find him. <laughs> what? <laughs> you need to go and find him. On you go, go and find him, quick. Why am I finding him, Max? Because he's vulnerable. <laughs> I do get that. Yeah, he's, he's vulnerable. Um, Max, why am I finding him though? Again, 
Have you any idea how scared he must be, she says. I said, yeah, I do. I have got a bit of an inkling of that, actually, as it goes. <laughs> Go and find him. I said, Mags. She said, don't make this about you. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, try and find him. Phone me back. And I thought about it and I thought, I'm going to look out, out for him. I did. I had a walk round about, had a look. Uh, I was careful not to go in very, very dark places. And I came up and I phoned Mags, I can't find him. Okay, she said. Um, <coughs> well, that's great. That's a step forward. And here's what you do. Tomorrow, obviously, things will kick into action. You've got to report it. Um, she said, but do you know something? She says, isn't it brilliant? She says, I'm just, I feel great about this. I said, you feel, you feel great, Mags, and I, I could actually, what you would call, die. She said, no, it's great, because Martha, he's the one having the scary experience, not you. And actually, that's the most powerful thing anybody that worked in a caring profession has ever said to me. She was right. She said, take control. Get home, sort it out tomorrow. The next day, I go into work. Robert's there. Getting quite agitated now because this is Dee Dee, this is Kill Martha Day. <laughs> he's on the clock and he's quite vocal about it and he's told everybody by now. So I'm whisked away to the comfort of the staff room for my own safety. And a morbidly obese guy, the health and safety expert, <laughs> is doing a risk assessment with me. And they decide that. I have to be suspended from work for my own safety. They contact the police because he's not known to mental health, so they have to do something to kick that process off. And the police arrive, this, guy, this guy's still doing the risk assessment, and uh, the police say to him, you know she can't be at work at the moment. Yes, I've got that down. Yeah, good. And he said, although she does have a class in Kirkintillock, which is another little village, would you be able to do that? And the police said, and I will never forget this, I think that would be okay because the bus service from Cumbernauld to Kirky is so shit, he's unlikely to come after her <laughs> from there. So I felt safe, you know. So I'm suspended and everybody's asking, did you notice anything? Have you not noticed this? This guy's been trying to kill you for a week and you haven't noticed anything. And I said, no. And one teacher said, I noticed something about him. He was exuding a confidence that was foreign to him. <laughs> I thought, well, thank fuck you here, you know. <laughs> anyway, as you can see, given my obvious um, alive uh, vibe I've got going on, he failed in his attempt to kill me. Bless him. He got the help that he needed. I've not seen him since then. If I do see him, I will shit myself. <laughs> anyway, that is my failed attempt from a student to kill me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate your support. Thanks for the comments on iTunes. They mean an awful lot. If you like it, share it, comment. That gives me the impetus to keep going. The podcast is doing well, and that's down to you. I'm going to take a bit of credit for it as well. But uh, 
Thank you for everything. I will speak to you again.